You are listening to Indie Radio, where we do content the indie way.
one minute. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus Show. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And I am happy to be here. And I am joined by the wonderful, the beautiful, the talented Mosaic. How are you doing, Mosaic? I'm well. How are you? Excellent, excellent, excellent. It's been a while since we've done a show. I know it's been a minute. Yes, yes, but I'm glad to see your smiling face. And I'm looking forward to chopping it up with you. Um, Just some, before we introduce our guests, just some housekeeping. Um, This is our mid-season finale. I know we hadn't been around for a while, but um, we'll be back um, like mid to late July. Um, So, and that that goes for all the other uh, indie radio programs that uh, we have a couple this Friday and then it's going to be a nice little hiatus for the summer. And then we'll be back and um, we'll be back. And also we're going to be working on the 24 hour program that we didn't do in January, but we'll be doing it uh, either um, probably early sometime in August. We'll do the 24 hour program. But, but with all that said, our, we have a returning champ back on the show. It's the one and only Ryan Perez. What's up? Ryan. Ryan. Bam, 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 bam. We can't hear you. Man, that is Ryan is the dude, man. Mr. Hustle Zone TV. Man. One of my Sagittarian people. And Father's Day is coming up, right? Yeah, Father's yeah. Day is coming up. That's the holiday where fathers don't get shine at all. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, it's true because, like you know, it's, everyone else takes credit, and then, um, and then we just get like a tie, right? Um, you know, something like here, here's a tie. You know, not, Mother's not Day they get that. Not even a pie tie. But how are you guys doing? It's I, I miss you. I miss you guys. And 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 um, Mosaic, I saw you yesterday in Clubhouse, but I was just flipping through and I had to get back yeah. to work. I wanted to say hi, uh, but I just didn't get a chance to, but you know, thank you guys. Uh, thank you both for bringing me on. Yeah, man. We, I'm looking forward to, uh, to um, chopping it up with you. Um, let me see. What's, uh, Oh, Robert. Hey, what's up, Robert? 
Uh, why don't I see the chats on? Huh, interesting. It's been a minute. I don't even know how to use this thing thing, but uh, <laughs> we're going to make it work tonight. All right. So um, tonight is going to be kind of a random show coming up with some random topics. And, you know, I, it's a lot has been on my brain. Like, even though I haven't been doing the show, I always get these ideas and whatnot. And I'd be thinking like, oh, man, this will be interesting. And um, so one thing I wanted to have Ryan on is, you know, I'm a caveman. Everybody knows I'm a caveman. Everybody knows that, you know, how I think. So um, Ryan is not a caveman. Uh, he's a very evolved brother. So I really wanted to get a, a, a very different opinion to, than my caveman opinion. You know? End the patriarchy. That's my message. Yeah, mine is uh, we need more patriarchy. But uh, I digress. Uh, but um, but I'm But uh, <laughs> so and of course, Mosaic. I wanted to get your thoughts as a as uh, you represent all of women kind. <laughs> so, uh, no pressure. No pressure at all. Stare right. You stare right now. She's looking at you like you better act right. So, there's so many there's so many things that I want to talk about. One thing I want to talk about is finding that special person that you want to settle down with and make he your husband or she your wife. Now, Mosaic is one of the blessed people who has found her Boaz. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> he didn't die after consummation. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of an inside joke on, on our last show, but uh, no, she she found a a wonderful husband, and they have a wonderful relationship. So uh, stop asking me what's her deal. Her deal is she has a ring on it. <laughs> you know how guys are. Oh, right. Yeah. right. <laughs> Oh, hey, what's her deal? And she could cook. I remember last time she was she was on I think Hustle Zone and she was making uh like she was making all kinds of food. I'm like that brother is the luckiest brother on planet Earth. Man, I cook at work too. People, oh, wow. I like to. And today I made uh, like somebody came. I was like, well, I got eggs and stuff. You want something to eat tomorrow? Can I get some boiled eggs? I was like, I would, but one of my eggs is crap, but I can fry them for you. Mostly stuff falling off the thing, uh -oh. and, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've been cooking at work and all kind of stuff. So people have been enjoying my cooking. I like to cook. You know, out here in LA, a woman's cooking skills don't even have to be that great. If she well, can then, make like spaghetti, a guy will probably cry. But like, oh my god, it's so beautiful. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the bar is so low because women out here just don't cook. So if you can cook, it's like. You are like gold. It's like after one meal, the guy's like, I I'm putting a ring on it. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, not, I'm not letting you go. So uh, it, it's definitely all the men out here are expert chefs. Like me, my brothers, uh, a lot of cats I know, we're the ones that be like cooking. Like I, I was showing Mosaic from the be uh, beginning of um, before the show started, like some of my exploits. When I was. 
Mm-hmm. When I, back when I used to eat red meat, I showed her some of that stuff that I made. Uh, and now I proudly uh, don't eat pork or red meat uh, and fish every once in a while, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I've I, I've made huge changes in my diet. And, uh, you know, so and I, I, you know, I obviously look a lot different than I did um, yeah. before. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'll credit to Ryan, you know, uh, Ryan has been a big help in just, you know, dietary things and whatnot. Um, you know, he's been a big choice. And it's so funny because people always ask me, like, how much weight have you lost? I really uh, I really don't know the number. I don't know the number. And it's on purpose. Because I think before when I was trying to lose weight, I was so dead set on the the number. And you know how it is with your body. It fluctuates. Mm -hmm. So you can work extra harder for like a week or two. And, you know, like I eat nothing. I'm just going to drink water and just hit the treadmill and, you know, and do all this stuff. And then you might gain some weight and it, and it throws you so much off your square. So I just basically said, you know what? It's about a lifestyle change. That's the main thing. So the number doesn't matter. And what I found was when I just dealt with the lifestyle, that's when you start, when I really started making the change. So I don't know yet. I, I feel like when I get to a certain feel, then I'll hop on the scale, but I've been tempted too. Right. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Maybe I'll do that on air. You know, when I finally do get on the scale, uh, and uh, you know, do it on OnlyFans. Be like, join my OnlyFans so that you <laughs> can see. That's what you do on OnlyFans. Oh, yeah, OnlyFans is I, not I just. I do it naked. You know? <laughs> no, not naked. You don't want to do it naked. Why not, man? I, look, OnlyFans is not just for porn. It's uh, you know, it's for. <laughs> Revealing things that you know, because people would I'm sure people want to know. They're like, man, Kente's doing a weight reveal. You, you want to go <laughs> and subscribe for $4.99, you know, and that 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 pay wages. You know, it's funny. It's it's like you ever see guys who are like really ripped and stuff, and you're like, I'd be like, man, if I was that guy, I would probably never I wouldn't even own a shirt. <laughs> I, I, I'll go to like a funeral or a wedding. With like French <laughs> pants on and a freaking bow tie, and mm-hmm. I, you know, what I'm saying I wouldn't even own a shirt. Like, it, it, you know, it's like, man, you know, like I remember there was this one cat that I was at Venice Beach. This dude was so ripped, like, like his muscles had muscles. That kind of cat, like you could literally wash clothes on this dude's abs, and he was, you know, th- this is how you know how ripped this guy was because they have a little workout area at the Venice Beach, you know. Where, Guys show off, you know. They, the dudes who were are who were like in great shape, they were ripped. They were checking the guy out like, dang. <laughs> okay, they were like, man, that dude is ripped. You know, <laughs> like, funny. you know. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting when um when when cats get like that, you know, get in that really great shape, and you know, uh, you know, hopefully. You know, I'm working on it, working on it. So I'm real proud of it. Well, you're looking good, brother. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So picking your mate. All right. Let's get to that. 
Now, me and Mosaic had a conversation once, and it was it got I don't want to say heated because me and her have never had an argument, really. Yeah. We had a, we had big disagreements, but it's always love, right? She's like the sister I n- never had, you know. <laughs> Wait a minute, I have like two sisters. Why did I say that? Uh but <laughs> My sisters, are, if they were listening, they'd be like, what? <laughs> like another sister, I say. And um, so there's this term called she belongs to the streets. No words. Yeah, I do it, right? I do it. <laughs> and we had this big debate about it. And I said, man, we should have been doing this on air because it was really good. And uh, I know, Ryan, you know, you'll probably more than likely be a not on my side, so but which is all good. <laughs> but I love this term though, she belongs to the streets because look, there's a lot of women. Like when you meet a guy, when back think okay, mosaic, think long and hard back to your single days. I know it was so long ago. Like, do you remember those days at all? Are they blocked out? Okay. I had a couple of those times. All right. Every guy you would meet. You wasn't like, oh, you know what? I can see myself with him for the rest of my life. No. But, but, you you might have saw him and go, you know, maybe not for the rest of my life, but maybe right now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe for the rest of my life, but he's there right now. Right? Like this. Right. There's guys that, you know, they just didn't fit what you want to do long term. And that's fine. It's fine. It's like that for men, too. Oh, I know. You know, <laughs> we meet women. We meet women and we go, I don't see her having my babies. I don't see her and me uh, crip walking down the aisle. You know what I'm saying? Back flip over. Flipping over the broom, I don't I see, see it. Some guys, I've, I've seen, you know, I've but I've only I've seen them, and I'd be like, okay, yeah, he cute, but I might not be like he could get it, like until like after I got to know him after a while, like mm, okay, like or kind of watched him for a while, because like you know, you be talking like he might be cute, then you come and you start talking to him, and then he just be dumb as a box of rocks, and I'd be like, oh, I can't even. Us men, we even got a, we got some look at it. <laughs> We got something for those too. You know, I mean, you know, the dumb as a box of rocks. I mean, you don't just throw them out with the bathwater. They got used to, okay? So, but what what I'm saying though is that she belongs to the streets is you know, you can't make everyone your housewife. Some women and like some guys too, let's be honest. They're not necessarily what you would say is uh, you want to wife that up or husband that up, right? Mm-hmm. She, uh, you know, we'll say she and he belong to the streets. They're going to be, you know, that's just what it is. Why is that such a bad thing? I mean, it is what it is. You know, you know, some of your friends ain't no. Ain't no, uh, ain't gonna be nobody's uh, wife. Nobody with some sentence ain't gonna wipe them up. Come on. You, you, you know, like, uh, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So I think that when it comes to 
people who like like let's just face it there's some people that like to have casual sex mm-hmm. and it's okay it's that you know it's the people that are not being honest about their intentions that get caught up and are looked up as people that belong on the streets but you don't really have to classify them as they belong on the streets is that there are people that just want to be sexually fluid they want to go um you know and do their thing and um and i mean like sexual fluid could be used for different things like you know uh for people who are bisexual or whatever but i'm saying sexual fluid in in a sense that you you know want multiple partners and i you know what we had a show uh one of the shows that i produce uh peasant sex and relationships uh we we, we bought we brought on someone that is into polygamy mm. and um or, or was po- uh, polyamorous, sorry, not polygamy, but polyamorous. And, you know, and she said pretty much it's about consent, right? Like being able to have multiple partners, you know, it's just being able to have consent with all these people. I mean, I'm not saying that the woman or the man that belongs on the street is polyamorous, but they're not admitting that they want multiple partners. And I think that, you know, communication is probably the most important thing in a relationship at the very, at the jump. And then we don't have to stigmatize it because, you know, I, like I said at the beginning and the patriarchy, it frees women and it frees men too, right? We don't have to be, um, we don't need, like, we, we don't, we have to get out of the idea that we need to control women and that we need a woman that is like Virgin Mary to be in our lives, to be, you know, a, a good confidant, right? We just need to have better communication skills so that, um, you know, that we can foster better relationships in general, whether it's polyamorous, whether it's just someone that likes to do things casually, you know, I don't think we need to stigmatize it. I'm all for stigmatization. Is that a word? <laughs> and I'm all for uh, patriarchy and I'm all for uh, controlling. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, I'm serious, but I'm kidding. About, well, we'll get into it. But uh, uh, no, I'm not a controlling person at all. I have to control my life, so I'm not going to control your life, too. Uh, That's counterproductive for me. But I'll say that as a man, I definitely I'm definitely uh, take the leadership role in my relationships um, because I believe that's what a man's supposed to do. So, you know. You can call me caveman, old school, or whatever, but I think you know the buck's got to stop somewhere. And it, you know, I mean, there's a reason why it's called a dictatorship, <laughs> right? It's not called a vagina tater. Well, chip. you you know, it, I I don't want to speak for women, but I will say that like the whole thing about men wanting, you know, like because the Catholic church implemented that, that, you know, that you, the patriarch had to rule your home because women are the most important part of a patriarchy because women are the ones instructing their kids on how to live within that level of system. And the patriarchy also is, you know, like STEM, like racism, colonization, all of that kind of is interwoven in that, that ideology that there has to be a subclass and in women used to be men's property. So yeah, you were, you know, the, the monarch wanted you to control your own. You were the patriarch. You were the one, you were the leader of the house. 
And I think that if we were to go back, when we're talking about Black history, we're talking about African history, um, you know, women were didn't need to be taken care of the way that uh, women need to be taken care of now. Because women weren't dependents. They were soldiers too. You know, there, you know, there are tribes where women were the soldiers. So, um, and in Egypt, women were treated just as equal, right? And, you know, there are, there are stories where you hear women had multiple partners. It, like, it's, it's normal. It's normal. But in this society, we have to create subclasses within our homes. Um, and it causes, it causes these, uh, this, it, you know, it puts a man in a situation where we, yeah, we have to, we, we have to be the man at home. We are the leader. And I, I don't think that we necessarily have to be that way. And, and when it comes to someone that loves to have sex with multiple partners, you know, that's just, if you're into that, you just have to let, let the girl know that you're into it. If she's not, you know, it doesn't make her less submissive or, you know, less anything. It's just the fact that she likes to be with multiple partners. I, I don't see the problem with that at all. No, I don't see the problem with that at all. But, but I don't. Should you be trying to wife that girl up though? Like, you know, should you be? She belonged to the streets. Not if you if you're in a polyamorous or polygamous relationship, you're not for the streets. You're for the people that you're with. <laughs> well, I mean, that's different though. We're, we're talking about like just regular. I mean, the whole for the streets means that. Well, I understand what it means, like that somebody maybe extremely promiscuous, maybe they're, um, you know, considered a hoe, or for you know, for back lack of a better term. But okay, so just so let's say that person's a uh, uh, what we would consider a hoe, a skeezer, a freak, or whatever, in her younger days. But then she gets older, and yeah, she may still be doing a little bit of that. Does that doesn't mean that she's the same person as she was when she got older? So whether or not you wife that person or not it depends on whether the conversation that in the relationship that you build with that particular person, because mm-hmm. she may have been somebody who was born, maybe she became formerly from the streets when she met you. Yeah, but I, that's a very good thought. But what I'm saying is, look, and and like I said, this goes for men too. I think there's a lot of guys are. I don't I don't think everybody's monogamous. And I I believe that uh I don't believe that everyone's monogamous and I think monogamy is being forced on I don't say forced on it but societal pressures are having people uh practice monogamy when monogamy is maybe just not for them. And you know so when I what I'm saying is you know, not everybody is husband material. Not everybody is wife material. So that's okay. There's no problem with that. It, it, it's okay. And I think you have to understand that. And I think sometimes we try to put a round, uh, a, a square peg into a round hole, you know? You know, it's just not for everybody. So, you have to identify who you're involved with. Cause see, a lot of times is you meet Jojo, right? And I'll, I'll take it from the woman. I'll say from the man's perspective, you meet Jojo, right? You like Jojo. He's fun. He's, he's exciting. He's all these things, right? But he ain't a husband. 
He's not yeah. going to be he's not going to be loyal to you. He's not going to be in a monogamous situation. He'll promise monogamy, but he's really not that monogamous dude. And then you get frustrated because you keep catching him dirty when he never was that dude. He just was never that guy. So what I'm saying is the same thing with, with some women is you got to identify that you have to identify it before you commit to that person and just well, be that's like, true. I mean, I don't, I don't see like, you know, sometimes it may be that you might, Jojo might be promiscuous. Then you meet that one woman and he'd be like, dang, and he can't live. So he might can't live without her. Some people change like that. It's the same thing could happen for a woman. You might meet Kiki and she might be just that one, you know, and, <laughs> and she changed our ways or whatever. You ne you never know. I just, I don't think that we should completely write off people based on their behaviors or completely all the time. Um, you know, so like if I see a man, you're not where I am at the time. Yeah. I'm going to move on. Cause when I was, you know, dating, before I got married, those are some things that I was considering like, okay, do I like to go out the country? I like to, you know, go places. Oh, there's things I want to do. I want to live in Africa one day. And they're like, I don't even want to leave the city sometimes. So I'm like, mm -mm, no, that's not for me. I don't want anything to do with that. So, you know, you do, you have to, to, to meet those people and, you know, get, try to get to know them. But I don't think that once you find out that they're for whatever they're for, whether it's for the streets or whatever, that you know that's just them you know that's not for me and i just keep it moving there's no judgment well it's not judgment but it's identifying what you got so and i think that messes a lot of especially women up when they go well i could be the one that changes them no god well, every time i hear that i cringe well, because not saying that women are trying to do that i'm just saying that you can meet somebody and you realize that you don't you like this particular person and you can change because of that, not because the person is trying to change you. That you can't. The only time a woman has been successful at changing a man is when he was a baby, changed his damn diaper. Other than that, you can't change nobody. I agree. I, I, I think, I think you have to. I, I just believe that you, nine times out of 10, you're going to be, it's going to be failure. So you have to identify that. You know what? They may be fun to have fun with, but you can't don't take them too serious. Some people you just can't take serious because that's just not who they are. And that's fine. And no judgments. Right. It's just what it is. So when I say he or she is from for the streets, I mean that, you know what? Get what you want to get out of them as far as, you know, but don't don't get your heart wrapped up into this person because you'll probably be sad. More than likely, you're going to be disappointed. So I mean, but a lot of men go for the women that that will be technically considered for the street. <laughs> they go for them. They go for them to screw them. They don't go for them to marry them. Some of them do. Very few. Okay, wait a minute. Let's make a diff. Let's make a diff a difference. A, a man of substance. Like a real man of substance doesn't do that. Very rarely do that. Yeah, I'm not talking about the men of substance, but there's some guys out here. I mean, if you look at like 
uh, reality TV. Some of the girls Ooh, that, that, that's not real though. I mean, yeah, well, some of the drama okay. is, but <laughs> I mean, you know, that's that's fantasy, and a lot of times those relationships are they put those people together and all that. But I'm talking about in real world, men, men, they don't. That's not who they settle down with. And I know women say that a lot, that that men, that's who men um, like. Look, I'll say this. If you're trying to get a win, an easy win, meaning in the bedroom, yeah, I'm going to pass up Angel Heather or Angel Kanisha or whoever for Dirty Diana. Dirty. So Susie. I have a, a friend that I know who married a guy and he was cheating on her for somebody who would be considered for the street. Mm-hmm. And so like dude would complain to like their mutual friends, like all she would want to have, like she like sit at the table and eat dinner and shit. Like who, who doesn't like <laughs> he huh. had these weird ass complaints, right? And they're like, nigga, like, do you realize the type of woman that you have? And he was just like, I'm trying to do what she want to do all this oh romantic stuff, eating dinner at the table, and all this kind of da, da 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 da. He they got divorced. And the reason why they got divorced was he, his son was almost dying in the hospital. Mm. And she told him to come to the hospital because his son was dying and he had to he had her and old girl in the car mm. so he had to go to the hospital with old girl and she had to um so that she stand outside waiting on a cab and other people see her like what are you doing here it was like oh, i was with so you know him and then i had to and i got to get a cab they're like Nigga, what is wrong with you like you brought her to the hospital your son is dying like he preferred the woman that wasn't about nothing but then he had a whole wife that was a professional, she make you know six figures or so, whatever this is that. And I was like, you know, some men actually do want that. That's what they consider. I mean, I you can't say that all men, you know. I didn't say all. That, you know, I would never say all. But he sounds like a complete asshole. I'm. Right. We're not gonna count assholes. You know, like asshole <laughs> men. I mean, they want all kind. He sounds like a dickhead. So, I mean, are you really gonna? That's like. That's like comparing brothers to Candyman. But then he also would be considered like a high value man too. That's He's another. Not- so he would be considered what would your boy would consider like a high value man. He sounds like a, a douchebag. He does sound like it. He is a douchebag. But so, face value, he would be considered like a high value man. Well, I mean, they got high value idiots, you know. But he does. <laughs> He's not the norm, though. He's He's, um, you know, he's an outlier. The the most of those guys, they want a nice, you know, they want that woman they can close their eyes and picture as their wife. Now, they not saying they ain't going to explore options with <laughs> Dirty Diana. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's still on the table. But, you know, um, you know, I'm just saying, like, you would, I, I think, a lot of us young men, when we can, when we start to recognize who to be serious with and who to play with, that's when our love lives got better. Because when you're young, damn near every girl is like, oh, potential. Oh. <laughs> you know? And then when you get, you know, maybe it's hardened 
by uh, experiences and whatnot, then you get to a point where you're like, I can't do this. You know, like, like you know, like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be serious with this one. You know? Now, I'll be honest with you. Like, uh, oh, wow, Marilyn. What's up, Marilyn? I haven't talked to her in a while. We actually got to talk, Marilyn. Uh, Marilyn Rodriguez. Uh, but, um, you know, I know it sounds sucky and people all, everybody's human beings, right? And they deserve to be treated with respect and dignity. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people do. Uh, but uh, it's just, I'm telling you, you're just better served if you can understand who to be serious with and who not to. It's just yeah. better for you. And I think it's, it saves you from disappointments too, because sometimes people have these uh, expectations of the type of person that they want, and that may not be the best person for them, but they want them. And then they like, well, that person doesn't want you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they like, well, all men ain't shit, or all women ain't shit, fuck them, you know, that kind of stuff. And you disappoint yourself because you keep going for the same type of thing that may be unattainable to you at the moment. And so I was like, yeah, you know, like Robert's saying, I'm only flesh and blood, only human, but flesh and blood. I'm only human. Right. Flesh and blood, a man. <laughs> but, you I'm know, human our um, expectations um, cause us to be extremely uh, jaded and hurt. <laughs> right. So, I, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. And honestly, that's what I tell young guys. You know, I tell young, yeah, that is the song. Just as a side note, that song was recorded by the Human League, but it was produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. So a lot of people don't know that. But um, anyway, I digress. But, uh, you know, look. I'm telling you, once I was able to identify what categories to put certain women in, my dating life got better. You know, who, did I miss out on some gems? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. So anyway. Okay, so. All right. So there's some other things I wanted to get to uh, while we while I had you guys on. And. um Let's talk about men, right? And let's talk about what should be expected from a dude as far as being the protector of the family, the protector of the relationship with his woman. And when uh yeah, keep feeling fascination, pass and burn. Okay, he's gonna just quote uh uh human league songs. Uh I'm I love human league. Anyway, um now one thing women don't realize it's a lot of pressure being a dude, right? Because you have societal pressures, right? And you know, being a brother too, you know, right? You have societal pressures. You have, especially if you have a woman, and if you have kid or kids, children, whatever, there's pressure. You got to make sure that they eat, right? Because kids like to eat. That's what I heard, right? Is that true, Ryan? They kids like to eat, right? Yep, they do. Uh, your woman, she likes stuff too, right? 
she likes shoes and stuff and whatever she likes right so there's pressures right you want to provide you want to be that provider right but then there's also a physical pressure too there's that pressure of somebody steps to the family it could be someone breaks in your home it could be somebody talk greasy to your woman right it could be that big buff dude at Venice Beach he just decide I'm going mosaic's your woman right he just gonna decide I'm a I'm talking to her what you gonna do about it <laughs> you know <laughs> right so but you know those situations happen right and uh there's this great clip from this show called Louis starring Louis CK where I can't play it because they'll ding me, but where he's on this date, it's a first date, right? And it's like this great date, you know, everything's going really good because usually his dates go bad and you knew something was bad was going to happen eventually. And she's loving all of his jokes. She's really feeling them. And they go to a donut shop in the middle of the night in New York and they're, they, you know, everything's going good. And then these rowdy high school kids on the football team come in and they're loud as heck. Right. And then so he feels like I'm a man. Right. I got to say something to these. And he, 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 you know, he says, hey, you know, can you quiet it down? Not, you know, he doesn't get crazy. Right. So one of the guys come over to the table. And basically punks him out. And says, and he shows his fist, right? And his fists are scarred up. He said, I just got through beating the hell out of somebody. I don't even know if he's still alive. <laughs> you know? And he says, I want you to apologize to me. And he doesn't want to get beat up. Right? So he gives like a week apology. He's like, I'm sorry, man. And he's like, nah, you got I got to feel it. Apologize. And he's doing this in front of his date, right? Mm-hmm. So then he, I mean, it's it, like as a man who, thank God I've never been in that situation, but it, it's like soul crushing when you see this guy who's an adult to this like high school football player go, you know, debase himself. And he's like, I'm sorry, sir, please don't kick my ass. You know, basically embarrassing the hell out of himself. And then he goes, all right, I'm gonna let you go. And he walks off. And the woman that he's on the date with, she she went from looking at him with these goo goo eyes to looking at him just like he's gum on her shoe, you know, like you know, like it just totally changed. And then and then he goes to her, he goes, Do you did you expect me to like fight him? And she's like, No, that'd have been stupid. But she said, I'm gonna just be honest with you, watching you debase yourself like that to get out of a fight just turned me off. I mean, she said, she even says I'm conflicted because I don't want to see you fighting, you know, but seeing you debase yourself like that just turned her off. It was a turnoff. And I thought about like, what would I have done in that situation? I definitely wouldn't apologize. I wouldn't have apologized. There was like a, bi- a bottle of Heinz ketchup 
I would have smacked it over that dude's head. <laughs> and then look, I might the other guys might have got me, but he would have felt it. Like I, I was thinking, like I'd have just grab, bash him over his head. His three friends, they probably would have, they probably would have got me because it's three of it was three of them. But I sure as hell, I'd have been like, you, I ain't apologizing. You better get out of here before I whoop your ass, you know, even though, you know, but it just makes me think, though, like, you know, not every guy is about that life. That's you know? true. I'm not Bruce Lee. I ain't no punk either, but I ain't Bruce Lee. Some guys, I can understand why they would opt not to try to fight. You know, they're just not about that life. So as the, the woman here, you know, like, I know you're with a guy who can bench press a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have that issue. Your man you know, will protect you. You know, they wouldn't even try that. I mean, he, I mean, you're human. It's okay to be scared. But, I, you know, if I felt like you need to take over a situation, like, what time? This is crazy. I was downtown. We were downtown um, leaving work. And I was walking and suddenly I was on the ground. Oh, <laughs> and my wow. husband was on the phone. <laughs> he didn't know what. He was just like, Dallas, <laughs> like, look for me. <laughs> so I'm like, help me up. What are you doing? He's steady on the phone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like all the homeless guys are like, Miss Keisha, you okay? You okay, Miss Keisha? <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> and my husband is still on the phone, like, Dada, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. But, you know, my husband, he's, you know, he's really strong. He is. But, um, I mean, there's some things I don't expect him to do because I've had to have a situation handled before that didn't involve him because we worked at the same place. And it's this man, he used to always want to touch me. And so I told my husband about it, but I was like, I told him I was going to tell my husband. And he, so he was like, so Bible car saw him and he's like, Hey man, let me talk to you. This man, he like walked away really fast. Cause, but he kept like on the slide trying to, you know, touch me or whatever. So I made a phone call and pulled a favor. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be in the alley at this time. <laughs> you know, I would put my husband in that situation because I don't want to see our livelihoods disrupted. But I got right. some shooters on my team. I, you know, pull up on you, come see you. <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, so, so there's some things that I, I do understand. Like, oh, I don't want to mess up the coins in my house. So let me call somebody who ain't got nothing to lose. <laughs> Well, if there's a gun involved, I would I would have been like, I'm sorry, sir, that I yelled at you. Like, I ain't a fool. I'm not an idiot. Okay, I'm not gonna get myself shot. And even but even with that, just those kind of situations, you gotta be careful. Even what I'm carrying, because I carry. Right. So you know, depending on the situation, I'm like, I'm gonna lay you down. That's just that's just how it go. But um, you know, I, I I'm all about weighing your options because if there's a, a situation like i saved my life by you know when I, I told you guys before that i've been you know raped and kidnapped i've saved my life by being crafty 
and not being aggressive in a situation that I could have been like, you know, trying to fight back or nothing like that. I had to, to basically humiliate myself to get out of a situation to save my life. And sometimes that's necessary depending on the situation. Yeah. And like, okay. I have to say being someone that was um, in martial arts um, and, you know, and I have a, you know, ongoing relationship with my sensei and the, the whole thing is that we, we need to teach women how to defend themselves. I think, um, you know, one of the biggest things that came out out of um, Black Lives Matter um, was that women don't feel protected. Now, um, when you are the husband and you're supposed to protect the home, um, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of fallacies that I hear when people are saying, well, I need to protect my family. Um, and then when you're in a situation where you don't protect your family, then um, uh, when you're in a situation where you can't protect your family, then are you less of, of a man? You know, so that the man, the man image just crumbles right at that at that premise. And not every situation you're going to be able to defend your your family. Um, and that's just because you never know who you're going to engage in a fight with and you don't know what they're carrying. And, uh, you know, when we're, you're on the front lines and you're actually protesting, um, you are, you have to protect your people too, right? You have to make sure that if you are protesting and you, and you are, um, in a situation where, um, you're fighting for rights, you also have to make sure that you're negotiating with the other party and, and getting to a point where you don't have to fight and you don't have to put your people in danger. Now, th that being said, um, going back to traditionally, we were in tribes. Our tribes protected. It wasn't just one man. It was multiple men. It wasn't just one woman. It was multiple women. We've lost that idea and that sense of community. And therefore, you know, because like what uh, Mosaic is saying is that she has people that she can pull that will pull up on you. And that's the idea is that you're creating multiple uh, ways of defending your family. Um, you know, to protect your family. And like the most important thing too, is that we have to protect women from their own men because men are beating up on their own women. So when it comes to men being the protector, when men are becoming more than a protector and, you know, um, raping their women um, in their own marriage and no one's doing anything about it and the family courts see it as a domestic violence and they don't see it as a crime so the the situation becomes completely different because um you know uh because you know the person so the cops are not even going to do as much as they can if it was someone that you didn't know so we have to not only protect our women we have to protect our family but 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 women have to also protect themselves and women have to take self-defense classes uh, we as a community have to do that to protect ourselves because you see what happened in the Asian community, Asian community, they, they <laughs> just one year of like, you know, intense, uh, you know, uh, 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 intensity in, in their world when it comes to people attacking them. H however, you know, what their community leaders were saying is like, yo, we should all teach each other march martial arts because of the attacks. So I think that protection is a community issue. You also have to understand that putting cameras in your home is another um, you know, issue, making sure your phone is charged so that if someone is coming up to you, recording that, like the fence is multi-layered. 
but it's not on the man himself. Women also need to be able to protect themselves um, collectively within the family, right? I agree with that, but I also believe that the, the man is number one as far as security of the household and the family. I believe that for sure. But then also, we got to also, if we want to bring up abuse and all of that kind of stuff, we also got to bring up women have to make better choices in the men that they decide to be with, too. I mean, that's one thing they don't never talk about. But you, they, she doesn't choose to be abused. A lot of women make horrible decisions with the Negroes. But sometimes the women don't know that they're... We're not talking about those situations. If you don't know, you don't know. You don't know, and he surprises you. I mean, the right? same thing goes for men, though. That you, yes, men need to make better choices than women because well, I mean, well, we're, we're talking about that. women. We're okay. Now we're doing the what about? We're talking no, about women. See, when they're talking about, about abuse, and it's like women need to make better choices. Nobody goes into a relationship like, "Oh, I'm gonna stay with this nigga. I know he's gonna be my ass, but I'm gonna stay with." You'd be surprised. <laughs> a lot do. A lot do. Those I, are, those women I, are I'll absolutely. give you a great example. I'll give you a great example. Okay. I'll give you a great example. And I'm not pro, I'm not pro abuse. So I don't want to hear no crap about that. Yeah, Obviously, man, I think a man who wait, I think a man who beats up a woman is he ain't shit. So we can all agree that it's horrible, right? So we that's not even up for debate. Okay. But what I'm saying is that uh I'm, what I'm saying is we know that men shouldn't beat women, right? We can all agree on that. So what I'm also saying is, okay, if he totally surprised you, I give you that. But then there's a lot of women that I'm telling you, like, uh, I'll give you a great example. Like, I was about to bring up an example. There was a time where I was kicking it. This was years ago. And I seen this couple, a man and a woman, brother and sister. Uh, they were having a heated argument. And he started to abuse her physically. So I don't know them from anything. But I'm seeing a sister getting hit. So I go to stop it, right? Man, they both jumped on me, <laughs> you know? And yeah, that typically happens. And then I put my hands up and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. Go back to whipping her ass. Right. And I realized something. As much as I don't like to see it. Right. I don't know what their situation is. I don't think it's right. I think it's wrong. But maybe I was wrong for even jumping in there because because she turned right, she went from getting beat up or, I mean, smacked around to she started swinging on me, right? And I'm not, I don't, you know, like, what do you do? That happens with abusive relationships, though. And so, and here's the thing, though, Kente, even though she uh, did turn on you, you have to think about what if she didn't turn on you and the guy would be like, oh, so you fucking this nigga? Then when they get, it's going to, so sometimes people do things out and then the people that get abused and there's, we have to, to really talk, to, to really talk about this issue. We have to talk about the, the culture in our 
own communities of how, um, let's say, you know, the um, it's an old blues song. It's like, it's better to have a piece of a man than none of a man. And that's that ideal that's been passed down from generation to generation to accept anything from certain types of men that really hurts us. And some of these women have never seen positive relationships and just like some of these men haven't seen positive relationships i I, I think that's in that that's maybe true in some situations but also there's a whole culture every day wait wait a minute wait a minute there's a whole culture of he gotta be swaggy he gotta be a thug he gotta be we we don't talk about that we have to talk about that but nobody's also talking about how I watch my, uh, you know, I watch my mama get her ass whipped every day, and I think that's how somebody's supposed to love me. And I see it every day because I, I'm no, I'm being very dead ass serious because I work with these kids who come from some of these homes, and you see people they have never had seen a positive relationship, and they think that getting their ass whipped is normal, like it's normal for your boyfriend to be possessive of you. These, we are failing our children because uh, some of us as adults have I'm, not done our own I'm work. Not, I am not saying, first of all, let me clarify something. I am not pro-abuse. I think you men, I've never, wait, wait a minute. I've never, ever laid a hand on a woman. I think those are scumbags. So let's, let me make this clear. No, I am not defending, I'm not, I am not defending men who do it. I think they should be put in jail. I think they should have their ass whooped. I 100% agree with you. This is not a defense of that. But then there's also another part of it, too. There's this culture of loving thugs and Negroes in prison and all of that stuff that they don't talk about. I'm not done. If we don't talk about that as well, because that is something that doesn't get talked about. But that's is, what that Black men since we're talking about the black community who are who are solid citizens but they're considered lame because they study because they speak with good english because they uh they don't they don't have no teardrop tattoos they're considered lame in our community that's a well, lot of see, well, we're, can, can i can i can i say something there's a lot of contradiction here because first we're talking about the man being the protector and then you were wondering why women are going towards the guys that are thugs, the guys that are in prison, and the guys are because they're protectors. They're because, not protectors. Well, listen, you're, your ass, not you're, you're making a generalized statement. The fact is, is that when when a woman sees a guy that has muscles and that's tall, you know, in her mind, it's like, you know what? she He's going to protect me. Right. Because, you know, you, you don't know what type of neighborhood that she's she's she lives in. And to have a guy that was used to be in prison or who was a thug, you know, that maybe carries on him or whatever, you know, that's an idea because we've been ingrained that a man is supposed to be a protector. So what do you think women are going to choose? Man is supposed to be a protector. If if you were to put, if you would put a guy that had muscles, you know, compared to me, who would she choose to be the protector? She wouldn't expect me to be the protector. And that's why the psychology behind the man being the protector is a it, it, it brings a lot of falsehood and can be broken down just by just by listening to the uh, semantics of it all you can break it down just like that because I don't look like a protector so therefore I'm not a man you know 
I never per, said that. No, I never you said you said that. that. I'm I'm making I'm talking about this generally in a sense that you know com, protection is a community issue, right? When you don't have a good community and you don't have a watch, you, when you don't like, for example, you can go to places where there's Nation of Islam. Nation Islam patrols their community. If you if you are um, you know, if you have a solid community where people are looking out for each other, then people will come and run up on a guy. But when you don't have anyone in your life, a woman normally gets abused. You never know. Maybe the guy had a good job and then all of a sudden, boom, he lost his job, starts getting into to alcohol, and then he becomes an abuser. You can't look at a person and say, oh, this guy's an abuser. Then you're then you're already staring. Okay, let me let me reset. Hold on, well, let me well, just let me finish the thought. I think again, you can't look at someone and say that they're they're an abuser. Never and said you can, that. No, I never said you said that. I'm saying you cannot look at a person because they're a thug or whatever. You can't look at them and assume that they're going to hurt uh, uh, a woman. But what you can say is that when a woman is left alone, when she has no family, when she is vulnerable and no one is there to protect him, that's when a guy comes in and starts beating on her because no one else can see. That's why the whole protection idea and this concept of um, manhood, really, like in Canada, if you come up in my home, I'm not even allowed to beat you with a weapon because I can go to jail too. So when we're talking about protection, we're really not really talking about protection because we physically, you even said it yourself, to protect someone, you're like, man, he deserves to be in jail. It's the police that are our protectors. So at the end of the day, we're just breaking down this concept of a man and breaking the semantics and saying, you know what, maybe we need to evaluate what a real man is and stop putting it on it to be physical protector because we started this conversation with us saying, hey, if we're in a in, in a restaurant and some dude comes up and says, what? What are you going to do? Especially if you beat the shit out of him and now he's like, he's paralyzed. You know, a guy the other day, because someone called him the N-word, killed a man, punched him out, killed the man. Now he's going to prison for the rest of his life. Is that what we're teaching our children as well? It's like when you feel that your manhood is being threatened to, to physically harm someone to the point where uh, and if you you don't have a way like if you if you're in a situation where your life is threatened I you know fight and get 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 out of dodge but if you're in a situation where you where um where you hurt a person so much so that it's life threatening and then you go to jail for the rest of your rest of your life are you a man because now your woman don't got a man your woman's in prison okay, or your, this your really man's has in prison. nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Well, but, I'm not saying what you're talking about. I'm just saying in general, this this is the conversation of being the protector, being the protector. Okay, we have but, to change this concept. But, no, what we were saying is, okay, let me reset the tape. A man who beats a woman is scum. He de- he should have his ass whooped and he should be put in prison. We are not, we are all in agreement with it. It's no, I've never done that. And I wouldn't even be cool with somebody who does that. Okay, so now that we've gotten that out the way, what I'm saying is I'm not talking about a situation where, um, you know, you know, all these, you know, these situations where all of a sudden he becomes this abuser and all of that kind of stuff. If that happens, of course, she didn't know this was something where things changed. I am not talking about those situations at all. 
I'm only referring to situations where women go into it knowing who they're dealing with. And it's a lot of it. It's a lot of it. I see it all the time. And to be honest with you, there's something in our community that promotes the worst of our community as the, you want to call them protectors or whatever. I think it's BS. I've said this before on the show. Uh, thugs are the most selfish people in the world. They are not generally protectors. You have some guys that have a moral core about them and all of that kind of stuff. But for the most part, they're not. They're not that. And what I'm saying is um, we as our community have to promote things that are not of that, like um, like intelligence. Um, you know, my father was not a fighter. He was not a guy that was going to beat you up in the streets. But my father was a protector. My father was someone who um, um, took care of his family. He was a provider. You know what I'm saying? Um, he was a very intelligent person. He graduated high school at 16. You know what I'm saying? And and he was considered a nerd. My dad, you know, graduated uh, high school in 45, I think it was, 1945, something like that. He would be 90 years old this year if he was still alive. And what I'm saying is, I'm not blaming the victim. I'm not uh, none of that. What I'm saying is there's a thing in our community that is off base and not right. And we have to talk about that. And what happens is I see a lot of young black boys who are, they love school at a young age. They love going to school. They love to learn. They're nice, good kids. They play Pokemon and all of that. But then there's something that happens where all of a sudden they have this, they they have to be this swaggy dude who, you know, uh, Mr. Thug. And it's and a lot of it is because that's what our culture is pushing. And what I'm saying is that is the thing that we have to change is because if we promote better quality of human beings in our community, then that would go a long way to getting rid of some of these issues. But no, that's, I am that's, not. That's why I'm saying it I am not. The, that's what it starts with the community. It starts with teaching self-defense, both the woman and the man. And it also starts with changing our idea of what a stop saying that men are protectors. Because well, I, the, I, well, I this, the, this well, you know, but then it you're just playing along with the same narrative. You're playing along with the narrative that you hate. Because no, when, hear me out, hear, hear, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out for a second. And let's entertain the thought that, you know, that in this day and age, thugs and the guys on the street and on, on, on the street corner, they are the protectors because they're the ones that will pop off. They're the ones that put a lot of emphasis on their parents. They work out, they do all that kind of stuff. So that's the symbol of protection in our community today. Right. You got to get rid of that. So we have to get rid of the idea of saying that men are the protectors. No, we got to so get rid of that. The thing when I are the protectors. That's the problem. Now it's not. I don't even think it's that the thugs are the protectors. This is the thing, and I'm and, and this is for me coming as a woman who lives every day and has been in situations where I was not protected either by the community or by people that I love and that were male. Hmm. So this this has nothing to do with oh calling men the protectors. 
this is a mindset of responsibility and accountability for our own community. That's right. So if we are, if I'm walking to the store and a man is trying to talk to me and I said, no, thank you. And he calls me a bitch or he tries to walk up on me to grab me. And there has been several times where something like this has similar has happened to me and not one damn person said a fucking thing. And here I am having to kind of defend myself from this big burly ass man. And it's other dudes sitting around and they say nothing, not one thing at all. And there's, or there's times when let's say, and then, and I, I might have a handful of groceries or whatever I had one time I had like a whole bunch of stuff in my hand and I had something on my head. So y'all know I, I, I can do African stuff very well. So I made sure I had a hair wrap on that day and I squished it down like my African sisters and I put that thing on my head and I walked to my car with it balancing on my head and the stuff in my hand. Now, when I got to my car, I unlocked it. I put the stuff in. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, I'm good, right? This man said, oh, I would have got that for you. You just walked, watch me walk clear from the door to the car. But after I get in the car, you could have got that for me. No, you stay your punk ass over there. That's what you do. <laughs> and I just, I just, it's just some things that men or just some, there's those, those men that say, well, oh, it's not my responsibility. You ain't, uh, you ain't a woman in my family or something like that. But if I, if I see, a sister being attacked. I'm not. I'm not standing by the wayside and just like, oh, he beating her ass. Like, like I'm not gonna do that. I'm probably gonna call the law, and then I'm gonna try to get you away. I'm like, I'm talking because I'm. I'm a dang on social service worker. I, I can't. I have to. Re- some things I have to report. I'm a designated reporter, but it's like there are things. There are things that happen to us. Like if I go to Senegal right now, if a man tries to accost me, niggas is coming out the out the sand. They appear. And I don't think it was just me. They would just appear. And they're like, hey, what is you doing? Like, don't talk, don't talk to her that way. Don't you don't mess with her. Da, 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 da. And they don't even have to know me. We've lost what Ryan has said, the communal factor that we don't we don't care enough about each other to protect each other. Well, because yeah, yeah. Yeah, black yeah. men and black women have a, a very bad relationship with each other, but it kind of went away from what I was talking about, about the responsibility of, uh, you know, the, there's, I don't know how this got to that when I was talking about. I think it's all encompassing. No, no. I was talking about something specific, very specific. It was very specific. And then it just got turned into a bunch of other stuff. And, uh, you know, but it's fine. Uh, I, you guys don't want to talk about it, but it kind of all melts together. It's all encompassing because the thing is. is no, I was talking about something specific. I wanted to talk about that specific thing. And the way that people get away with not really addressing it is by bringing up a bunch of other stuff. So, so women choosing a better men? Yes. But Kente, this is as a woman, you do, like I'm I'm so serious. Not every woman knows that they're getting into a relationship I never with another said that. But I, I, I know that you me. never said that. But wait a minute, let me finish my point. So there are women who will get into relationships with men who 
tend to abuse. Those are like a minute minority of these women. And then there are some women, I mean, you can't like, so if I'm from one hood and he from another hood and in his hood, he known for beating women's ass, but I meet him at the mall and I'm like, I don't do my homework on him. And I go end up talking to him. And then all of a sudden he want to smack me or punch me in the eye just all because I, he thought I disrespected him. I mean, at that point, and the, the most dangerous point for women to leave a relationship like that is when is to leave. Okay. Trapped. Okay. I am not talking about that, those women. I'm talking about the women that do that. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, if she didn't know, she didn't know. We can all but agree. Women don't know. That's the point that I'm making, Kente. You're thinking that they do and they really don't. A lot of them do more than they give credit for. A lot of them do. Kente. I used to believe, I used to believe like you until I've talked to and met so many women who are, don't, that doesn't fit that bill. When you really start talking to them and you really hear their, their situations, because what they tend to do is they tell you the, the worst parts, which make you go, oh, my God, what a, you know, what a jerk. Right. Oh, but it and starts that, off simple. Yeah. it starts then, off. But then when you actually really talk to them and find the, the nuts and bolts, they knew. But the thing is, this is the thing. So a lot of people get into relationship with manipulators. And when you in a master manipulator, it starts off with maybe like. Oh, um, oh, I was just playing. But and we're not he, talking about those guys. Really, yeah. And so, but but you are talking about those people. No, because I didn't. They don't just come off like, oh, you my bitch, I'm about to beat your ass. Like when we first start dating, nobody no, does that. I know. I just said the the ones that that we can agree that the ones so that they, so what I'm saying, what I want to know is how did they know? So how did they know like the first day they knew he was they gonna knew you know when dudes ain't shit. You know when a guy ain't shit. Stop. I mean, you can know a guy ain't shit, but you ain't gonna know he gonna Wait be shit. You are not okay. You are an adult, right? You've seen a lot of stuff, right? You're very intelligent, right? You know when you meet a guy, he ain't shit. But you also have to realize that some of these women grew up with yeah. and shit mindsets. Come on now, Kente. Those are excuses. <laughs> Those are not excuses. Those that's Excuse. reality of our communities. Because I got kids right now. I had a kid. I just had. We had to put a kid out of housing because she was in an abusive relationship. This Negro tried to steal her car. The baby was in the car, not in the um car seat. Drove off. The baby almost fall out. She wouldn't have grabbed the baby when she did. The baby would have been on the ground. It's, he almost ran her over and everything. It was a whole mess. Yes, she knows by her history with him. Yeah, now he's an abuser. But when he when they when they got her car back and she came back to the, get the office to get the baby for me, do you know what this girl said? What? And what? she said, I'm worried about his well-being. I said, what the fuck is wrong with you? Well, what are you and supposed I, to do? Okay, no, so what are you supposed no, to do about that? So no, no, no. I'm this is feel sorry this for her. Is, wait a minute. No, I am feeling sorry for her. You should, and this is why. Let me tell you why I feel sorry for this girl. First of this. all, she's twenty years old. She and then she's been That's on the street. She's twenty years old. She's That's been on the street since she was sixteen. So I asked her. I said, "What is wrong with you? Why do you why why are you so attached to this man who keeps beating on you and almost killed your, you and your damn child?" She, I said, where are your parents? My parents don't want me 
at the, they don't want anything to do with me. They put me out because I did. Uh, I've been dealing with him, uh, a guy. I started dealing with American men. She's African, and they because she went against their wishes. They put her out, and she been raised by it. So she has a um a a, a mindset. And also a codependency on this man because he's been the one that's been basically making sure she eat and stuff. And her parents are nowhere to be found. We are fucked up in these streets. Our parents are fucked up. These kids is fucked up. Kente, you cannot completely blame this all. Oh, that she just should have chose, chose better. It is always so much more than she just should have chose better. It's always something in your mindset that's yeah. making you have this impoverished thoughts that while she feels like she's not worthy of the love she deserves, why she's not worthy of being treated well, there is there's it starts in your home. But you know what though? If, if we want to use that as a, as an excuse, right? Then you have to then you have to then go to the guys that do this crap and say, well, maybe that's how they were socialized to be. And I then you, make, then you start making excuses for the abuser. I got a brother that be women. I he he used to beat on women, and I said, "What the hell is you ain't never seen your mother get beat on by no one? You ain't never seen no." I said, "If a man beat me today, you would try to kill that nigga." He said, "I sure would." I said, "So what the hell make you think you can go beat on somebody else's goddamn woman, um, child? What 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 makes you think that?" Him, my mother was abusive. She would mm. beat your ass for less than nothing. Mm. He has that same mentality. You don't do it the fuck I say, I'm going to whoop your ass. Just, uh, well, I'm not going to talk badly about your brother, that, but. That's, I know, that's my, you know, that's my brother. I don't care. I'm real with my brother. I don't, I don't, I don't have shit to hide and I will keep it real with him the same way. I was like, your ass will end up in jail and you going you deserve it. And that's where your ass need to be. Well, so, I, you know, I, I'm be honest with you. I'm sick of these guys that they're put on a pedestal in our community. I'm sick of it. It, and to be honest with you, these men are put on pedestals in our community and no one and no one talks about this. Not that's not that's the problem. Well, they usually get put on pedestals for, what, when they, for they whatever got reason. Money. I don't I, they're put on pedestals. All these damn excuses. These men are put, put on, on pedestals. Black men who are about something. and Because then what they say is that all black men are like that. And that's not true. It's I'm not, not like that. Uh Ryan isn't like that. And I can I tell you countless like of black men that are not like that. That doesn't, those Negroes don't define black men at all. But we also have to realize. But that we ain't nothing. What's, what, what, we nothing. also have to realize that what's good for the goose is for good for the gander. And it's not saying that, you know, a woman walks into a relationship and she deserves to be beat on. And I stuff never like said that. It. No, I know you didn't say it, but, but you, but it's, but, but it, but it, it kind of like is in harmony with the the idea of saying, well, if she knew, because if she knew the guy was a dangerous man and that will beat the hell out of her, most women wouldn't put themselves in. Most women, when it comes to selecting up in the head. Yeah. Most <laughs> women, when it comes to selecting, you know how much decisions, first and foremost, how many men talk to them on a daily basis? More than we know, we don't get as much. As, as much of catcalling as women get. And, you know, they have to make calculated decisions on who they're going to be with. And it doesn't just start. That's why they selectively choose who they want to be with. And sometimes women, for their own protection, will pick guys that they know are strong enough to be able to defend them. And in our community, the symbol 
of protection right now is the guys that have money and that 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 can whoop some ass. They or all that. love it, and and, and because a lot of those guys because, don't whoop ass. They really don't whoop ass. Yeah, they so, shoot. So yeah. the 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 myth that like a lot of those thugs can't fight. I done knocked out thugs before. <laughs> of course, a lot of thugs can't fight. It's all a bluff. It's a and bluff. If they, if they don't have eight of their homies helping them out, or they don't have a gun, they're a bunch of punks. But what I'm saying is, but when you look what at the I, what statistics, I'm, saying, I'm not really, I'm, I'm not blaming, I'm not blaming the victim. What I'm saying is, there's a mentality in our community, in which that we put the wrong kind of people on a pedestal. We put the wrong kind of people on because we have, we don't have. Our community is not protecting because it takes one, it takes more than one person to protect your family. It we go a- with whoever's popular, and you that's know? the problem. And that's so. So I'm gonna use your boy. You know who I can't stand. If you're popular, TD Jakes. No, I'm not talking about TD Jakes. No, I'm talking about Umar. So let's just say, oh, no. if you're popular, we'll follow you. If you look like you're doing something, we'll follow you. I That's why I, get, I used to get upset I about. Umar on the show. So uh, bring his I'm ass on the show. Him. I got some things to say to him. So you will not disrespect. <laughs> you will not disrespect my. <laughs> we probably don't need to record that show. I need. I got some things to say to him. <laughs> she just wants to talk to him. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's gonna say all the stuff you want to hear. Oh, no, the queen. He can Mother say queen all, all that. He can say whatever you want to say, but uh, you know, I know a tree by its fruit. But um, so, <laughs> but no, we like things. We like when people look like they're doing shit. So, like, let's say, like, if if Kente got a bread, let's say he got a a. Uh, 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 old Monte Carlo, and he got it tricked out, and he got the rims on it. You know, he he rolling through. Oh, that nigga, he doing. That's my dog. He doing it. He he know he he on his thing. Da da da. And then when you pull up to the store, oh, then you you ain't even got to worry about it. You go, you take this juice, man. You know what I'm saying? We give props and respect to people who look like they have things, and right. that is our problem. We like we've done away with. Oh, he is a genius. Like you know, like well, let's make a way for this boy to go to college. Like no, we gonna make a way so oh boy can go bring his rims from the rim store. You know, you like we don't or we the NBA or be a rapper. Right, and that's the things that that are um, in media. That's what that I'm talking been, about. That have been so that's exactly elevated. What I'm talking about. And little yuck yuck. Little yuck yuck or whatever rapper. Right, and it's, but it starts in your homes though, because as parents you have the con- the the ability to control the things you have the, the eye gates, ear gates, mouth gate. You have control over all of that. So if your kid wants to be like little Yachty or little Gotti, whatever the hell who's out there, then you need to cut the TV off, damn it. And I understand you need that to they beat have his to go ass. and they see these things, but you have to be able to. Um, explain to these children why this is not good for you, why this is all fantasy and this is not real because their parents around there rapping the lyrics with them. Exactly. And then we also have to talk about, and this is stuff that I talk about when I, when I used to do speaking and, and stuff like that in regards to, you know, gang violence and how to prevent your kid from be- getting into a gang. Um, the thing that, um, my mentors and I, like we were part of a program, a gun amnesty program 
um, you know, encouraging people to turn in their guns so that we could prevent the cops from going in and, and, and doing, doing dirty on a lot of these young black men. So we gave them an out with the gun amnesty program. But the, the idea that, you know, there's a lot of the times when, when my elders would go and knock on the doors of some of these people, you know, because these drug dealers and these thugs were paying the bills, like they would give money. So you have these social dynamics that, you know, we don't really see, but they're actually happening in the community. So that's why women are being beat on, knowing they're being beat on and can't do nothing about it because the community is supporting those who are paying their bills and buying, you know, paying for their car notes or whatever they have to do. I even have family members that have done that to other family members, um, you know, paying bills and stuff like that to keep them quiet. You know, and that's that's the reality is that, you know, we don't know. And because we are fragmented and because we have we have changed the script and we've put a lot of focus on providing and protecting. We've put that focus on a man and therefore men are doing whatever whatever means necessary to protect and provide for their family, whether it's selling drugs um and, you know, doing what they got to do or carrying around guns, unlicensed guns, they'll do whatever it takes so that they can, they can hold down their family. And so we have to change the dynamic of survival. And we have to realize that we as a community, we are our survival. You know, we need to be able to self-sustain ourselves. We need to be encouraging our youth instead of going on the street. You know, um, you know, we need to encourage them that, hey, you don't always have to be that masculine, you know, hyper masculine man. You don't have to be tough. You don't have to always think that you've got to protect things. Protect yourself by getting your education. Protect yourself by coming home at night, you know, instead of hanging out with your friends. Protect yourself in, in multiple ways. We have this saying in karate. We say, use your best block. And that's don't be there. Don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to get yourself hurt. And a lot of us like to go and walk into the danger because that is our way of survival. And no one's teaching us survival skills. And most importantly, we are not teaching people within our community how to express themselves. Because what what I heard Mosaic uh, talk about um, earlier was, you know, being beat like the mother was beating. So, you know, the brother starts beating. And that's the thing is that the way we, we treat people within our own homes, then these kids grow up with a lot of hate, a lot of anger and no mode of expression. So we and then we feel and then we are as young ages. We don't see our daddies. I was told you're going to be the man of the house. Oh, well, that's something to put on a 12-year-old child that he's going to be the man in the house. How am I going to be the man in the house when I don't even know what, like, you know, like what two plus two is, you know, I can't. And how am I supposed to go and protect protect my family? So we automatically click on when we see these rap videos. We are, And that was me. I was that kid. You look at the rap videos, you're like, damn, that's what I want to be. And then you see them calling, calling women bitches and hoes. And you're like, you know what? That's what I have to be in order to get them to respect me. You you get trained to that. And then women are seeing that. And women are are, are going into it because they think that's the old, because they haven't seen a real man in their life. So they will flock to that. And it's conditioning. It's psychological. 
You know, so to break that, you cannot put the onus on the woman herself. You have to put onus on the community to stand up and protect your own. When you see someone being beaten in the street, you know, you don't have to step in because in karate, we say, use your best block and don't be there. Don't put yourself in a situation, unless you know you could just, you could whoop his ass real bad. Don't try to step into a fight. Secondly, if you see that happening, you got a phone, call the cops. You know, take a picture. You know, there's multiple ways of, of saving that woman's life, but you have to be able to gauge that situation because you never know. He could be packing heat and you're gone. You know, so we have to think. We can't be so reactionary when we're sitting down and someone steps up to the table and, and starts talking to your girl. We can't just react all the time because that's how people are getting killed. Well, and what makes me so angry is that like we do so much to our own selves. <laughs> it just seems stupid when I see people like they be like when we start marching about you know when something happens to one of us by somebody else. It's like use that same energy that you say you had on the people that did something to you. Like you know I, I don't. You know, I, I, I have a great issue with that. I'm gonna tell you why. Because when that happens. Those people are prosecuted. The difference is we pay taxes for the, the people who murder us and nothing is happening to them. So little Ray Ray or little Jojo, if he gets if he shoots, you yeah, know, he uh, Tyrone, he's going to jail. He's going to prison. Right. These mm -hmm. cops ain't going to prison. So so uh, I mean, so I mean, I get, you know, obviously we want to get rid of violence in our community. But you know, um, but I, I hate when they're they're they're. Um, I think it's a way of letting them off the hook by by uh, bringing up. Oh, what about black on black crime? Or what about Chicago? Oh, yeah. That pisses me off. Yeah, yeah you and know, I really, so. I really what like about Michigan. No, I, I just do that. <laughs> <laughs> I really like what New Era Detroit. Um, do you ever do you follow those brothers? Ah, uh -uh, no. What's that? So New Era Detroit is a group and they teach uh, different um, classes and stuff to the community, um, teaching kids about finances, everything. But one thing that they do as protectors of their community, if I go into because um, there's, there's a lot of um, Saudis and a lot of um, other Arabs in Detroit and Michigan area, there's a lot of them. And most mm -hmm. times, if I go to a party store, is what we call them, or the corner store, it's owned by somebody of Arabic descent. Right. If I go in there and they disrespect me, or they whatever, and I put that on Facebook and I tag New Era Detroit, they showing up and they shutting it down. Nice. They will shut down your gas station. They will shut down your liquor store. They oh, wait a minute. Those are those guys that dollar will go into that store. Is I are those the guys that too. are those the guys that bought the um the liquor they, store? Yeah, they bought the, they gas, bought the station. gas station. Gas yeah. station. I know who you're talking they about. Bought they bought the gas that gas station. station the racist uh, Arab guy. Yeah. Yeah. They not they, they don't play. So you have to come in our neighborhood with that bull, especially like, African American, right? Yeah. Yeah. See. They not and that's and that's what when I like as far as protecting community, that's what some of the stuff that that needs to be done because like okay, so in Chicago. These women 
went out because we always seem to go out on the front lines for stuff sometimes and you know we'll run out because they can't and these are mothers that their children have been killed due to street violence right and they were protesting you know on this they was doing on the street making sure kids get home somebody did a drive-by and killed the women wow Wow. and and this is people from our own community but who does it benefit for them to stop protecting our community but you know, but you know I'm, gonna I'm gonna be honest, honest with, with you. you. In Chicago, in Chicago there's, there's a whole other element. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Where, I know. Where, yeah. yeah, you gotta echo. I, but it's yeah. everywhere though, Kente. The same thing. So like during some of those, uh, um, when George Floyd was killed, there was a lot of riots here. Um, people have on video of people just sitting bricks out. Um, there, yeah. There's a big, you know, there's just there's things that you know all of a sudden guns show up in neighborhoods. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening, and we don't we we keep falling for the same things. We're very easily tricked into the same type of stuff, and we, we haven't Marcus learned Garvey. from Marcus Garvey. We haven't learned from Malcolm X, and we haven't learned completely from uh, MLK. We haven't learned from Desaline. We haven't learned from Pee Wee Herm. I mean, uh, <laughs> oh, but he was a great black revolutionary, right? Pee Wee Herm. You know what? You know why I say that though. Actually, you, know, you know what? Though? There's a reason why I say it. There was this thing I just saw a video on called the Black Pack, and it was uh, Eddie Murphy, Paul Mooney, Robert Townsend, Keenan Ivory Wayne's, and and uh, Arsenio Hall were. They were, they called themselves the Black Pack and mm-hmm. they hung out and they were supposed to make all this content together, but then they all got big on their own and they ended up not, you know, doing what they had set out to do. And they're still cool to this day, but they just don't, they don't do stuff together. And I saw, so I was loving, you know, this little documentary, it was like mini doc. And then they said they made Pee Wee Herman an honorary member. I was like, what? Like why? And they gave him a plaque and everything. I was like, no, no, yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, I was like, oh man, I was like, uh. that's why I said PB uh, Herman. But anyway, I digress. Well, you know what? Uh, we can go on and on. Uh, I, I, uh, I really, I love. You know what I love about Ryan and Mosaic is we can have these passionate conversations and because I've had people on the show where we're having these passionate conversations and they'd be holding grudges too about it. They'd be like, yeah, I didn't like the way you said, you know. Man, forget Kente. Right. I'm like, look, man, we can have a passionate conversation beyond opposite situations. I want to reiterate, I never beat up no woman and I am not for that. I do feel like Ike Turner was, was, uh, they lied on him. But anyway, uh, yeah. that movie was a bunch yeah. of false clips. Man, that movie was look. Judge Joe Brown said, said that that movie was a bunch of lies about Ike Turner. He, well, they say he said he was the abused person. But Joe, uh, Joe Brown looked like he abused women. If you if, <laughs> when he get drunk, Judge Joe Brown really man, he be getting slizzard. Yeah, I like Judge Joe Brown. But anyway, I digress. No, but uh, I want to thank you guys so much. Um, uh, I will, uh, you know, as I said, we're going to be on a hiatus for over a month. And um, so when we come back, we're going to come back with like some great shows, great guests, 
uh, panel shows. Mm -hmm. I might have some big guests come on to the program. Uh, we're going to do some game show stuff. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, um, I want to do so many different topics. Uh, of course, we'll talk about love, sex, relationships. Uh, I want to do a show on um, B, uh, BBWs and BBMs. Uh, like, you know, because uh, every time I wanted to do it, my other co-hosts were like, nah, nah, it's just, I don't want to go into that. So uh, I, I said, since I keep losing weight, I better do it now before they'll say it's cultural appropriation. <laughs> 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 I think I can still be in the conversation right now. So otherwise, they'll be like, why are you saying you, you ain't part of the, the community no more? But uh, I do want to I want to talk about it because um, and not from no negative standpoint or anything like that. But uh, uh, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting conversation to have about what, you know, in our community and stuff like that. But um, I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, let's start off with you, Ryan. How can we get you in social media and all this stuff? And what do we have on the horizon for you? Uh, well, uh, you can find me on Hustle Zone TV. Um, just type it in Google. You find all the socials uh, or go to HustleZoneTV.com. Um, and then you'll be able to go to our, um, you know, but essentially we started off as the world's first living documentary. But I have pivoted because I really feel that um, mental health and wellness is a very important factor. And so we've trunk we've trunked down our business now to be a media outlet to talk about uh, mental health issues and, you know, to bring black joy, to bring happiness in people's lives, um, and, you know, and to you know, for all the things that we were talking about today about, you know, bringing communities together, you know, that is our, our, our major goal. So um, if you are in support of that, um, please hit me up, um, follow me on uh, at Hustle Zone or at Hustle Zone TV. And just as a side note, if me and uh, Ryan are hanging out and some guys, some shifty guys start coming around, I'm going to look at him. I said, all right, uh, martial artist, protect me. <laughs> you know, I could get, you know, I, I did karate, man. These people down like these USC fighters, they, um, you know, can I say something quickly? Like uh -huh. I was, um, I was so angry with my sensei because like I, I was up to like a yellow belt or whatever and, or white belt. I don't remember. It was so long ago. And he stopped training me. And I was so afraid at the time because I was smoking too much weed and I'd start getting psychosis and I thought everybody was out, out for me. Right. So I, you know, I asked my mentor, I'm like, you know, can you train me? So we, we he trained me, trained me. And then he stopped and cause he had health issues or whatever. All these years, I was like, not even all these years, like probably for a good five, 10 years, I did not feel safe. I didn't feel mm. safe at all. But um, the way he changed my life and the way that he point me, pointed me in the right direction, I'm not killed. I thought that gang members were going to come and kill me and all this other stuff. But because I changed my life and I set boundaries and all this other stuff, I've never put myself in a situation where I thought my my that, that I was in danger. And that's the key concept of karate. The karate is just when you see something, you see danger, don't walk into it. You need to be aware of your surroundings. You got to when you walk outside, you got to pretend that there's a thousand enemies out there. And when you're cautious and you you and you look at your surroundings, you will save your life every single time. 
Um, and also remember, like people talk about social distancing as an issue, but in karate, they've been teaching social distancing, um, you know, for, for centuries. And that's be six feet away. That's, that's be six feet away from the next person. Because when people get into that six feet, that's your personal space, right? So when someone's in your personal space, back up, you know, get out of it. If someone's coming on your table, you know, um, you, you already know, you already know, maybe ask the waitress to move you to another table, but you know, we should, you should never be able like, there's a lot of the times we know that we're in danger, but we still want to, we don't follow our intuition and we still go towards the danger. And that's what gets most people in trouble. Amen. You know, and if six guys are about to jump us, I'm going to be like, all right, you take those five I'm on the right. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll take the one on the left. I'll take one on the left. You get the five on the right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you just going to leave? Wow. <laughs> like, wow. Ain't that nothing. I'll be like, y'all can go chase his ass. <laughs> leave me alone. No, but no, thank you so much, man. And I can't wait to chop it up with you uh, on um, uh, whenever you do your next programs or whatever. Or oh yeah, most definitely. I have to go because my eyes. I'm. I have a red eye, and that's why I'm, I've removed mm -hmm. some of the saturation from the the, the picture today. Okay. Um, and I'm just having a hard time looking at these screens, so I'm gonna have to bow out. Uh, All right, man. So Talking about getting glasses with blue blocker. I have to. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I use them just, too. Yeah, it's different. I'm losing my eyesight, so it's like I have to like I gotta let this rest. So, um, uh, Kente, well, I'll I give you a call maybe tomorrow about and talk about a few things. But sounds uh, wonderful. Mosaic, uh, Kente, uh, two of my favorite people. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, all right. Mosaic. Now, how can we get you in social media, and what should we be on the lookout for you? Your Instagram on. Uh, mosaic star <laughs> also on clubhouse as mosaic star uh, that's how you can find me um what's coming for me i'm just working on still trying to build that brand i got new stuff that i'm working on i got a line of afrocentric um homeware like home goods like kitchen tiles and stuff like that so i think i'm gonna launch something for kwanzaa so that's gonna be nice, and I can't wait to get that going. So, all right, I'm so so happy. Flash that ring real quick. Okay, so please, fellas, stop asking me about her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> stop asking me. All right, you saw the ring. Okay, taken. So, uh, but uh, you know, so you know how guys can be. But um, uh, that is wonderful. And uh, you can get me at Kente F on Twitter, uh, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. Of course, the website is IndieRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y Radio.org. And uh, I will see you in uh, about a month. All right. Bye, everybody. Peace.